Bring It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. And good evening. I'm Clarence Boone, and welcome to Bring It On. We are also a multiple award-winning show celebrating over 12 years as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting African Americans. And good evening. I'm Cornelius Wright. In today's broadcast, you'll also hear our perspective on what's relevant in the African American world of news and local events of interest, all in the next hour on Bring It On. Uh, but first, Bring It On is a proud member of the WFHB News and Public Affairs Department. Heading up this department for two and a half years has been Joe Crawford, who recently announced his departure from the station to greener pastures up north. Uh, we owe a lot to his leadership and innovation. That's right. And no doubt you've heard his voice during periodic pledge drives and as an occasional anchor on the daily local news. Well... We've invited Joe to come on and share some few pearls of wisdom before his final days at the firehouse. Joe, welcome to Bring It On. Thanks for having me. And with that, we conclude this interview. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I I have to admit that that email probably about a month ago now uh, caught me by surprise because I I don't know if I saw it coming or anything, but uh, uh, all that you put into the station and all the energies and, and all the the sacrifices, uh, you know, it has not gone unnoticed. And, and I'll just say on the front end, thanks so much for all that you've done to uh, create a vibrant uh, news department. You, you walked into a situation, of course, where the news department was already existing, but it, it has your, your flavor to it because every news department director or public affairs director brings part of them into it, and it sort of takes on them. Uh, uh, I just want to lead off here. Well, one uh, other thing, Clarence, yeah. that you that you omitted. I think once Joe became news director, that's when we started winning most of our awards. Well, well, we were re- <laughs> repeat, uh, yeah, repeat awardees, and uh, uh, we want to thank you for uh, you know the the multiple awards that we won as um, uh, best in Indiana journalism under the category of public affairs radio. Well, I don't want to take credit for anything I don't deserve because you guys were definitely winning awards before I before I started here. But yeah, you have won. I think every year since I've been here, Absolutely. so I'll go ahead and take as much credit as I All can right. get for that. <laughs> well, if you need, you need, of course, that uh, that recommendation, let us know. Uh-huh. Uh, well deserved, and um, you know, we talked a little bit about it as you came into the situation. Can you briefly describe how did the news department at FHB begin and, and evolve? Sure, and I can I can tell you what I know. Although again, as we've said, I kind of came in here. Uh, after both of you guys had been at FHB for a little while. But it's my understanding that there was actually a news department or some version of a news operation at WFHB going back to the somewhat early 90s or at least the mid-90s when Mike Kelsey, uh, otherwise known as Colonel Kelsey, uh, to WFHB listeners, came on as a, I guess, as a halftime news director. He was paid, like, I think he said a little less than 100 bucks a week or something mm-hmm. um, to 
uh, to do the news in the early 90s. And at that point, there was not really a volunteer base that was working on the news. It was really, uh, there was just like kind of a, a one person who had a few hours a week to contribute to it. And at that point, it was largely like a rip and reads, you know, mm-hmm. so basically taking the, the Herald Times and in uh, one way or the other, you know, reading it on the air. And I think Mike contributed to uh, starting with uh, creating a lot of original content and inviting candidates on the air to discuss mm-hmm. what, you know, why they should, uh, you know, why they're running for an, a given office, that kind of thing. I think he was also the first one to do live election coverage. And so Mike did that. Eventually, uh, I think whatever his business was changed and he had to move on. And Jonathan Koch came in here in the mm-hmm. mid or late 90s uh, and he was the news director. Uh, and it was actually Chad Carruthers who started in the in the 2000s and actually kind of turned the news department into a volunteer-run, original content-creating uh, powerhouse kind of. Chad just really uh, dedicated his life to making right. this news department, and he he actually volunteered. I believe he was paid you know almost nothing for the first year or so that he was working full time, uh, and. It was probably not too long after that, I think, that he probably started working with you, Clarence, on right, right. getting Bring It On off the air. Well, I, I right before on chat was Ryan Bruce. Sure. Yeah, well, Ryan Bruce and Chad Carruthers, I think they were sort of in tandem there. And I had approached Ryan with the idea of having a black public affairs show. And I think at the time they were beginning to develop the public affairs format for WFHB. Um, and I noticed that, you know, other communities were being well served and, and just the thought uh, with my involvement with alumni work and, and other things, I said, well, you know, the voice of African-Americans uh, sort of rings hollow in Bloomington when it comes to radio, um, aside from an, an occasional top 40 song or something. I mean, there was nothing there to talk about salient issues. And uh, the receptivity from Ryan and, and the WFHB board um, uh, the news department, uh, we started off in 2005. And mm-hmm. from there, you know, here we are. Um, no, no, well, was it 2005? Uh, yeah, 2005, yeah. about 12 plus years now uh, of broadcasting. And time time flies. Mm-hmm. Um, time flies. And we've had the pleasure of working with a number of news directors. And, and everyone has, to a person, been accommodating and allowed us to explore and be creative. But they have to bring some innovation and, and some mission vision with them to sort of keep us uh, in, a, in a good direction with mm-hmm. what we do. Yeah. And I'm not going to ask you about any of the challenges because every, every place <laughs> has that. But going forward um, with the new, uh, we've got so much access to the Internet. What challenges, what challenges in the future do you see for the news station? Well, I think the WFHB most certainly has the same challenges that any any media outlet does now, or any, I guess, what you would call traditional media outlet has, and that's that folks have so many ways to get information. And so WFHB needs to always be thinking about what is it that makes us unique? Why are we the source that someone should go to uh, to get information? And we have powerful message because we have at any given time about 200 volunteers who are helping create the content that people hear every day. I think a lot of listeners, and I certainly didn't realize this before I walked through the doors here, um, 
I didn't realize that there were 200 people contributing to what was happening here. Um, but it is a, a lot of folks in the community um, who are doing their best to tell each other essentially what's what's happening. So there's, we really do have a resource here that uh, no one really in the area has. That's right. So I think it's, in some ways, it's just trying to make sure that we're always using that resource as best we can. And I should say that a lot of the innovations that have been challenges for other outlets have been uh, actually sort of, they've helped us um, in that the show that was just on prior to uh, to this show, to bring it on beginning, was Kite Line. And that's a show that is produced uh, so partly in the WFHB studios, but they they managed to do a lot of recording offsite, a lot of editing offsite. If you listen to that show, you can tell that there's a lot of careful editing that's done. And they they basically because we because a lot of folks now have access to editing software that's free um, because there are there's various technologies that make make it possible for us to now produce a whole show offsite. Um, that has been, I think, a boon to some of the community media outlets like WFHB. So hopefully we can continue to kind of uh, use that as best we can. Of course, the other thing that we have, you know, when social media is such a critical part of uh, any kind of media outlets promotion or media outlets to get out there now, you have to use social media. And at WFHB, we have 200 people who are able to push stuff if they want to. And that helps us immensely as far as driving web, tra web traffic and that kind of thing. So, If you just joined us, you're, you're listening in on a conversation with Joe Crawford, who is the director of the WFHB News and Public Affairs Department. Uh, Joe recently announced his decision to, to move on uh, to other pursuits. And we, did, we on the Bring It On show wanted to bring him on and just thank him publicly and then also just talk to him about his uh, hopes for the future for WFHB's news and public affairs department but also just go back and tell you all how great we are as uh, <laughs> a career bring it on no no that's not a lead-in either um, let me ask you this uh, the news department at WFHB um, I notice when everyone else may give sort of a, a real brief overview of an, an election result the news department here, we're there. Uh, as soon as the polls close, that we, we're getting man-on-the-street interviews. We're at maybe a campaign headquarter or, or something. We're bringing, you know, real live content. And then, of course, the station's won a lot of awards for um, uh, the homeless productions, the productions of people that are homeless on the streets. And why don't you talk a little bit about just those, those unique programs that bring distinction to WFHB? Yeah, I think that there are some... There's some productions here that uh, are kind of traditions and live election coverage. We put a lot of, of work into that in the same way that uh, lots of outlets certainly do a lot of live election coverage. But for WFHB, we have we really have to ramp things up uh, mm -hmm. to make that happen because we don't we don't necessarily usually have uh, 30 people working you know on a Tuesday night in November. Um, but we and a lot of we don't necessarily always do that many, let's say, live remotes. Um, and our technology, the the equipment that we have, is uh, 
uh, I'm trying to think of a, like a, a really nice way to say this, <laughs> but it's, it's just, it's gently used, you know? And mm -hmm. so we, we need, uh, we really have to plan to do a lot of that, but it's, I think it's been really important to a lot of both the news directors as well as just the volunteers at WFHB to be there when this stuff is happening. So this last election, um, was obviously a, uh, a pretty difficult one for a lot of people. Um, and we were focused both on the national races that mm -hmm. everybody was kind of focused on, but also, you know, we had uh, Michael Glab at the Democratic Party headquarters, or the I think the hangout was at Opie Taylor's, and we had uh, Leah Carter who was hanging out at Cheddar's with the local Republicans. And we brought in a lot of local people to talk about not just uh, the, the national stuff that, of course, everyone's going to be concerned with, but also, you know, we talked with Jeff McKim from the county council about uh, are we going to build a new jail? Are we going to build mm -hmm. on to the old jail? Mm -hmm. uh, issues that are very local and that, frankly, other outlets are probably not going to cover and certainly not in that kind of detail. Um, and as far as, yeah, we have also won We've won awards for a number of, of different uh, projects uh, and one because I think because we do so much reporting on homelessness, it's natural that we would sometimes win awards for reporting on homelessness mm -hmm. uh, as a, you know, as, as an individual, uh, not just a news director, but as, as an individual, the issues surrounding homelessness to me seem to be incredibly important to, right. to cover. Uh, and it's not, I wish that I could say that I felt like it was always really uh, well covered in other outlets, but I'm not, I've not always felt like that was the case. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we have done at least as best we can to try to give people who are experiencing homelessness a voice as, as much as possible and to try to, uh, to try to report on it without sensationalizing it. Uh, there's a temptation, I think, to uh, to allow the myth to take over right. uh, in certain subjects, and that is certain certainly one of them. So, um, but yeah, of course, you know that's that's been on a lot of people's minds lately right. uh, because there have been so many overdoses, and because there have been uh, debates about what you know how people's parks should be policed. But I think we all know that issues surrounding homelessness have been very serious in Bloomington for a long time before now. That's true. Indeed. You mentioned earlier uh, that you were kind of surprised when you came in and saw there were 200 volunteers at the station. How do you, how does the department engage and recruit volunteers uh, that represent the various communities here in Bloomington? Yeah, so we, uh, we have various methods that we use to, to try to recruit people, but the, the truth of the matter is most people who end up volunteering at WFHB, from what I've seen, come here because they know somebody else who is a volunteer here. Um, they work with them, they're friends with them, they're their neighbors. And so a lot of it is like truly kind of grassroots recruiting. It's just you're at a party with somebody and you happen to talk to them about uh, what you do at WFHB, whether that's news or music or whatever, and they end up coming in. Um, we do, of course, you know, I go to classes at Indiana University, for example, and, and try to recruit 
journalism students because we uh, we have a kind of a long uh, long you know history of working with journalism students and with trying to function as an educational institution as well as a uh, community media outlet. Um, but we also work with like let's say the Bloomington Volunteer Network, um, various other community organizations that we at least post ads with and that sort of thing to try to recruit folks. You know, you, you spoke a little earlier on the uh, special programming that goes on and and the homelessness coverage um, is sort of an annual um, intentional broadcast that takes place uh, so that that issue doesn't get swept away or, or hidden away. And as you said, you know, a lot of care is given to not to exploit, uh, but to almost well to tell it like it is and uh, sometimes from the words and the mouths of those who are going through it uh, there's another day out of the year that this station really rallies behind and dedicates pretty much all its resources behind from early in the morning till late at night and that's MLK day mm-hmm. um, everything from you know you, you have on-site recordings that are rushed in and processed produced and then aired uh, from the many, many different schools, and then, of course, at the university, uh, both Ivy Tech, Indiana University, and, and then events all through the day at the Monroe County Library, and then all things sort of culminating with that evening uh, citywide gathering at Buskirk Chumley, where, you know, there's a speaker, and there are awards made and um, presented, and you hear from the mayor, and you hear this and the other, but it's WFHB, a live stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just don't have to see, see other radio stations jumping, trying to break their necks to do that. Uh, you're talking about community service. And on that particular day, um, you pull out all the stops. And, and I've always appreciated that because it's just, and it's not really, you know, in Bloomington, those type of things, uh, efforts are made to extend it out. Even 40 days, there's always an initiative that's announced. Let's continue this for 40 days. And for Black History Month, there's coverage. Um, but I, I really appreciate that. Can you speak about other ways that the uh, Public Affairs Department has likewise provided such coverage for other communities? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess anybody who's who's listening to WFHB regularly knows that um, from the, like the 5 to 7 o'clock hour, we have uh, the, the daily local news runs, and we have various segments within the DLN, but we also have... Um, you know, we do have, so bring it on on Mondays, which of course, you know, an African-American public affairs show, but we have on, on Thursdays, we have blooming out LGBTQ show. Um, and we have Ola Bloomington, uh, a Latino, uh, or Spanish language show. Um, and actually our most recent, one of our more recent shows that we've added has been. Um, everyday people, which is a, a short little segment, but it's aimed specifically at uh, at older adults and people with disabilities. So uh, the idea is to provide as best we can education about resources that exist for uh, that specific group. And so I, I think the MLK coverage falls into kind of a, I guess, a pattern of um, WFHB will kind of focus our energies in a specific place. We are, um, you know, we are, our resources are not infinite, you know, so it's, if we don't choose to focus on MLK Day and put months of preparation into it, then it's, 
it's not going to happen, you know, it's, and it, or it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be really what it should be, I guess, or it's not, it's not going to be, it's not going to really resonate. Um, it's not going to get covered. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's certainly not going to get covered in the way that it is. Cause right. it, it's, it's one thing to bring a mic over to, uh, the Buzzkirk and, and broadcast that live, but it's another thing to do what we did this year where we went into classrooms and had uh, students record their reflections on MLK Day or what they thought it meant and uh, how it resonates in their life. Um, that takes more work, you know, or more, uh, more effort. So I guess uh, I would say that there are various ways that we attempt to try to um, involve various, I guess you'd call, you know, various groups within Bloomington. Um, and whether that's, you know, for example, covering the, uh, the anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting, which um, our reporter Arjun covered uh, the other day, and bringing sort of a uh, more in-depth coverage of that than you would get in most places. Um, whether you're doing that or, or any other kind of reporting that that we're doing on the DLN or in any of these specialty shows, um, I think there is this effort to try to try to focus on certain things so that we can do them well. You know, when you uh, you've been here a couple of years now, and when you sleep, go to sleep at night. The vision in the future of WFHB News. What did you see? Well, well, before you answer that. You sleep at night, or I thought <laughs> the, the requirement for news directors that was a twenty-four-seven job. Yeah, I take long naps. Oh, okay, okay. all right. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to clarify that <laughs> yeah. the news department and specifically bring it on. So you mean? Do you mean going forward? Going what, forward, what, yes. If if you were still here, what was that vision that mm-hmm. you where you saw WFHB going? Yeah. So I mean, I I really try not to to um, necessarily tell any one show what I think they should be doing, you know, because typically I, I presume that the producer and the volunteers uh, who are producing the show know better than I do about specifically what content should be on a given show. But I think that there are some, I guess I would say some realities that seem to be kind of coming into focus for a lot of people in Bloomington lately, and that's uh, that it is a pretty difficult place for some people to live mm-hmm. and that the the cost of living is pretty high there doesn't seem to be a lot of evidence that that's going to be decreasing and that the the job situation for a lot of people is uh while they might have a job they might not really have enough to cover what they need and that's certainly existed in bloomington for a long time but uh, as the mayor's wage growth task force discovered when they really did a deep dive into this uh, over the past year or so. Um, Bloomington does have some kind of troubling trends, uh, and we are in a different situation than some other college towns. We do have uh, more poverty and more um, problems associated with poverty than some other places. So I guess I think that one element that I would like, you know, if I I would kind of dream of WFHB really being able to um, get out into the streets even more than we already do get into people's you know everyday lives in their in their homes and talk to people about how this stuff is playing out you know Mm -hmm. um and to try to be as best we can a voice for the community as they try to deal with some of these issues and of course also to try to analyze 
as best we can some of what's happening. Because one thing that we know based on, for example, what's come out of recently the Safety and Civility and Justice Task Force from the city um, is that while a lot of people have ideas and a lot of people have anecdotes, there's actually kind of a, a lack of data about precisely what is occurring downtown. That's um, that's been evident from my interviews with some of the task force members. I think there's just we just don't know necessarily a lot of what's happening. So I'd love for WFHB to be able to pl- be able to play some part, uh, be able to play some part in that. And I guess I would lastly say that I uh, I'd love for people to despite those like really heavy goals to just be able to have fun still in the way that I mean anybody who listens to this show regularly knows that people are having a pretty good time a lot of the time I mean you guys discuss very difficult issues but there's very few shows that that uh, happen where there's not a good deal of laughter you know so I I would hope that that could continue as well if you've just joined us here, you're listening to um, Joe Crawford, who is the director of the WFHB News and Public Affairs Department, and we've been talking about uh, his his uh, reflections back over his two-and-a-half-year tenure as director, but he's been here, say, about four to five years um, in total. Uh, he's, he's leaving soon, uh, heading up north, uh, actually leaving Indiana to go to Chicago, and We'll give him a few last words on that, but I, I want to shift gears with the remaining time we have to talk about just what it's meant to me as a producer uh, to have the latitude uh, to to select a topic, to um, explore it, to call people literally across the country or locally who are experts in that area or who have a story to tell that's impactful, and to have crew members like Cornelius sitting to my left who... Uh, he, I think he's beginning to realize just how powerful an interviewer he is um, and how really powerful a, a segment producer he was. He used to produce our Politics 101, and uh, that was a powerful five-minute uh, injection into this show that really could educate uh, those that listened in. Um, but as a producer, to be able to both... Um, pull together subject matter and subject experts and to not uh, push away from real hard-hitting issues, but there's a way to explore those hard-hitting issues. One, one other thing that the stations provided for me, and, and, and in large part, uh, I want to thank you as a director of the news department, but you provided me the experience to do something that I just did this weekend. I went up to my hometown of Gary, and if, as you know, we're overly populated with Gary, Indiana uh, people. Cornelius is an exception from San Francisco. <laughs> we're, we're working on them. Um, but I was able to go to a workshop uh, that was hosted by a radio personality who we interviewed when um, uh, Herb Kent passed away, who was legend in the city that you're going to in Chicago, mm-hmm. WVON. And Donalyn Biggs uh, is a radio personality up there with another station. We won't call, mention the call letters, of course. But uh, one of the things that she hosted was a youth uh, summer camp in radio. And she had entertainers, producers, record producers, um, uh, videographers, DJs, and asked a couple of producers of radio programs to come on. So I, I came from that different standpoint that it was not for-profit what I did, it's volunteer. And of course, all the kids kind of look, and these were young kids, say six to 15, and they kind of look like, huh? And I said, if you realize how much of a change agent you can be 
when you ask the right question and you, you probe and, and you just, you know, do a deep dive on a topic and bring interesting people on. And I talked about how when the Michael Brown case was being sort of litigated publicly and we had a judge, a sitting judge, a prosecutor and a defense attorney uh, midway through the trial sort of trying to, um, uh, you know, just kind of predict what might happen. And uh, then the reaction after it happened and then uh, receiving an award for that. Um, so we talked about careers in radio, and I thank the station here for allowing someone to come in off the street. You know, I had had and cherished those memories of being a, a gospel programmer here for about 16 years. Uh, sounds of inspiration every Sunday morning from 8 to 10 a.m., thank you. But uh, <laughs> then the segue into uh, working with a public affairs format. And, and I really, truly appreciate it. I'll re- recall these days for the rest of my life. So to you and others who have allowed that to happen, I thank you. And um, as you go on now to your next pursuits in life, always know that uh, uh, if we call and ask to interview you, don't turn us down. <laughs> well, I, I would turn that uh, back around at, at you, though, um, Clarence and Cornelius both, uh, because I, I feel very fortunate to have been in the position that I've I've been in for the past several years because yeah I've I've been at WFHB about five years and I you know I came into this thing that you guys had already helped to build you know uh, so I WFHB was the exact kind of place that I had wanted and hoped to find uh, when I sort of started studying media um, about ten or eleven years ago. Uh, and I feel incredibly fortunate to not only have been able to volunteer here, but then be able to work here and to, uh, you know, to be able to work with folks like you on, you know, some, some programming that I don't know, like I don't know where else I would have been able to do some of this mm-hmm. stuff. So, uh, you know, I'd like to thank you guys for that as well. All right. Well, our thanks to Joe Crawford, the director of WFHB News and Public Affairs Department, and we wish him well as he embarks upon his next chapter in his career. Now, that being said, are you going to change allegiances in sports, or is this going to? Be- I've been thinking about it. I've been think. Well, I've, you know, I've been thinking about getting into the Cubs. Yeah. Hey, you know, they're going oh, to go nothing back. wrong with that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm an eternal Cubs fan. Uh-huh. So. Well, they won last year, so they've got hundred another year. Not so not right. Right. Oh, so, oh, that San Francisco <laughs> person talking here. We extend our heartfelt thanks to his support and guidance to bring it on, and Joe will truly miss you. Bring It On has an open submission policy. So if you have an idea for this program, let's hear it. Send an email to our volunteer staff. The address is bring it on at wfhb.org. We want to make sure we share everything and anything affecting the African-American community with our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. The email address, once again, is bring it on at wfhb.org. Support for WFHB comes from Bloom Magazine. The new Bloom Magazine website features new stories posted every day, seven days a week. Find out more at magbloom.com.
just heard Spaces and Places by Donald Byrd and the Blackbirds. Donaldson Toussaint L. Overture Byrd II was an American jazz and rhythm and blues trumpeteer. A sideman for many other jazz musicians of his generation, Byrd was one of the only bebop jazz musicians, musicians who successfully pioneered the funk and soul genres while remaining a jazz artist. As a band leader, Bird is notable for his influence on the early career of Herbie Hancock. Our song this evening is dedicated to Joe Crawford. To keep up with local news and find out what's happening behind the scenes at WFHB, you're invited to like the WFHB Facebook page. Go to Facebook.com and search for WFHB. Or you can always visit the WFHB News website at WFHB.org news. Bring It On is Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community here on WFHB 91.3 and live on the web at WFHB.org. For Bring It On, I'm Cornelius Wright. And I'm Clarence Boone, and this is Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community here on WFHB 91.3 FM and live on the web at WFHB.org. It's time now to give you the latest perspective on the people and news and issues affecting the black community. For Bring It On, I'm Cornelius Wright. And once again, Clarence Boone. And, um, well, President Trump. Uh, now, now, you all don't turn the radio off now. Okay. President Trump says he wants at least 6 million people off of welfare, Cornelius. And the message from the White House is clear. If you're on food stamps and able-bodied, we need you to go to work. Trump and his aides made it make it sound so simple. Just put the 6 million welfare recipients into America's over 5.7 million job openings, but it is far from simple and many feel also impossible. Here's why it won't work. If Trump thinks cutting welfare benefits will encourage more people to work, he is wrong. Even economists call the idea magical thinking. It just doesn't work that way, Mr. President. You can't just plop 6 million unemployed Americans into 6 million open jobs. Trump seems seems to assume all these welfare folks will magically qualify for all these jobs, but they don't. Why not train them? Well, that won't work either. Why? Because Trump has already proposed cutting job training programs by 40%. And without funding for proper training for these jobs, companies can't hire 6 million unemployed welfare workers because the workers just don't have the skills for the jobs. So it seems unlikely that Trump will be able to make America great again by simply matching the unemployed to open jobs. It's just not realistic. Many share this thinking, like Representative Mark Sanford, a Republican, a Republican from South Carolina who recently stated this budget presumes a Goldilocks economy. I don't know how you get there. And he added, we have to base it on real numbers. The whole idea is part of Trump's plan to balance the budget within 10 years. What will the country look like then? Interesting. Indeed. Well, on better news, guess who's Bazak? Obama to host <laughs> gerrymandering busting fundraiser in D.C. this week. The Root proudly pro- proclaims he's back and not a moment too soon. Former President Barack Obama is coming around after about six months of detoxing from his eight years in office and will host a fundraiser in Washington, D.C. this week. The Washington Post reports that Obama will appear at a closed-door event for the National Democratic Redistricting Committee, a new organization chaired by former U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder. According to its website, the group is committed to building a targeted state-by-state strategy 
that ensures Democrats can fight back and produce fair maps in the 2021 redistricting process. Democratic National Committee Chairman Tom Perez told The Post that Obama wants to help build the bench for the Democrats and is most comfortable doing just that instead of speaking directly to, spe on to specific issues such as health care or immigration. The Post reported last year that Democrats suffered a greater loss of power during Obama's tenure than under any other two-term president since World War II, and many criticized Obama for not doing more for Democrats on the local and state levels while he was in office. Because tomorrow's president is today's state senator, and he knows that very personally, Perez said, when you lose 900 state legislator seats, those are people who could have been the next governors and senators and cabinet positions, and that is something he's very committed to. Obama's spokesman, Kevin Lewis, said that the former president wants to support the committee's efforts to address unfair gerrymandering practices that leave too many American voters feeling voiceless in the electoral process. Restoring fairness to our dem democracy by advocating for fairer, more inclusive district maps around the country is a priority for President Obama. Holder and House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi will also appear with the former president at the event, which will take place Thursday. You know, I I wish him well on that, and um, it, it's got to be awfully hard for 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 him and uh, for Hillary to hold their tongue. Uh, I noticed that uh, Chelsea uh, sort of offered a rebuke to some something that Donald Trump had tweeted concerning uh, her mother, and, and and as a former politician who now is not retired from public work or public service, but someone who definitely has some really strong things to say on the campaign trail. Uh, he is choosing a very unique uh, alternative. He said, well, let me just go rally the base and let me just let the base speak for themselves. Indeed. Well, we're going to end on this particular news uh, story here. Former NFL player Myron Bell, Myron Roll, rather, begins neurosurgery residency at Harvard. And Angela Bronner-Helm from News One wrote that everyone knows that professional football has been besieged by scores of players who were found to have suffered brain damage in the form of CTE or chronic traumatic encephal encephalophy. Encephalophy. <laughs> Encella. Help me out, Cornelius. The E word. The E word. No, 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 no. <laughs> Encephalopathy. The CTE, which can be diagnosed after death. And that's basically brain damage. Uh, these players constant contact to the head, even though they have well-designed helmets, it's not preventing brain damage. And in fact, uh, PBS confirmed that 76 of 79 former players, 76 of 79 former players from the NFL tested positive for the, de the degenerative brain disease post-mortem. However, one former player, Dr. Myron Roll, who put off an NFL career because he was a Rhodes Scholar, plans to become a physician with a special specialty in neurosurgery at Harvard Medical School in Massachusetts General Hospital in June, uh, in, which was last month. Roll graduated from Florida State Medical School in May. He also attended FSU as an undergraduate and played with the Seminoles from 2006 to 2008. He put his football career on hold in 2009 to study at Oxford after becoming a Rhodes Scholar, one of the most prestigious international scholarships in the world, and earned a master's degree in medical anthropology from the prestigious British University. Roll famously went from his interview for the Rhodes Scholarship to College Park, Maryland, riding a charter plane in order to play for the Seminoles in their 37-3 victory over the Maryland Terrapins on November 22, 2008. 
He received a standing ovation when he entered the stadium. He went on to have a professional football career playing safety for the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers before retiring in 2013 to attend the Florida State University College of Medicine. And according to CNN, Roll will be treating patients and wants to merge the worlds of medicine and football. Toward the end of my career, I started to think about concussions and what the effects of repetitive concussions can do, he said. Football has done so much for me, given me friends, family, given me life lessons that now I can use in the operating room or just as a leader. And I would hate to see it go, and I would love to see it around. He says that he wants to help younger players preserve their brains after their football career has ended. I will tell you in person, yes, play, but be careful, be safe, and understand some of these things that need to go into it for you to enjoy it, he said. The fundamentals have to be emphasized, tackling the correct way, having the right equipment, making sure that you don't have very violent practices or contact practices. Interesting. Another black neuroscientist sparked his interest in the field. He was in the fifth grade when he read the book Gifted Hands by Dr. Ben Carson. And since then, Roll said Carson has become a mentor. I'm glad that I walked into my purpose, Roll said. I'm glad that I walked into something that was a smooth transition from football. You know, some people say that athletes aren't role models. He's a role model He's for role everyone. Model. Indeed. Indeed. Encephalopathy. Thank you. Ding. Okay. <laughs> All right. And that was a look at African-American headline news from around the world for this week. Tune in again next week for the latest news on and for the African-American community. We want to know what you think of current black issues. Send your comments to Bring It On at WFHB.org. For Bring It On, I'm Cornelius Wright. And I'm Clarence Boone. You're listening to Bring It On, Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community here on WFHB 91.3 FM on your radio and live on the web at www.wfhb.org.
just heard Happy Music, another signature song by Donald Byrd and the Blackbirds. It's now time to bring you the events of interest in the black community. For Bring It On, I'm Cornelius Wright. And I'm Clarence Boone. Uh, taking a look here, it's it's Indiana Black Expo time, everybody, and uh, you know what that means. It means that a wealth of information will be shared uh, at the Indiana Convention Center over the next few days, and if you've not been able to get up there uh, for the opening ceremonies, uh, you're encouraged to strongly consider uh, doing just that. If you want to access contracts with Indiana state and federal government, tomorrow, July the 11th, uh, is a time to go and learn about it. It's taking place in the Indiana Convention Center, room 234, sponsored by Key Bank and WRTV Channel 6. The time is 9.30 in the morning to 11 o'clock a.m. And um, the session is an opportunity to meet with state representatives from Indiana to learn about Indiana contracting opportunities and the process needed to secure state and federal contracts. Very important. And for those in the uh, locally, for our high school students, there are summer opportunities. The City of Bloomington has volunteer networks and uh, summer of service programs. The City of Bloomington Volunteer Network has issued a challenge to Bloomington and Monroe County high school students to make this a summer of service. This new initiative challenges area high schoolers to log a collective of 1,000 hours over the 10 weeks of summer from May 30th to August 8th. Teens wishing to participate should add their names to the SOS roster at BloomingtonVolunteerNetwork.org slash Summer of Service and then use the website to search, browse, and connect to opportunities open to high schoolers. All teens currently in high school are preparing to enter high school in the fall of 2017 are eligible to participate in addition to assisting an established nonprofit organization such as the Community Kitchen or Habitat for Humanity. Services may be informal, such as assisting with chores for an elderly neighbor. The hours must be verified to be included and must be performed in Monroe County. Restricted activities include lobbying, compensated services, serving family, and, and uh, per, uh, or things of personal beliefs and are related to church-affiliate activities. For more information, contact Volunteer Network Assistant Director Lucy Sackage at area code 812-349-3433 or Sackage at Bloomington.in.gov. Uh, this Thursday, July 13th at Indiana Black Expo, once again, <clears throat> there is the Indiana University Education Conference presented by Indiana Civil Rights Commission. Uh, the 10th Annual Conference provides teachers, administrators, and others concerned with education with resources, best practices, and professional development training in the area of cultural competency. The keynote speaker this year is Ron Clark, known to many as... America's educator, Ron Clark, is the 2000 Disney American Teacher of the Year, a two-time New York Times best-selling author, the subject of a television movie, and the founder of the Ron Clark Academy. Ron is regularly featured on network and cable television, the Today Show, CNN, and Oprah, and was dubbed by Miss Winfrey as her first phenomenal man. Now, the time check-in and continental breakfast is this Thursday, the 13th at 7 o'clock a.m., it's held in the Indiana Convention Center in the Sagamore Ballroom, 1 to 5. And all of IBE events this year, Cornelius, are free. Are free and excellent. I encourage everyone to get there. Celebrate the ADA with the CCA. The City of Bloomington Council on Community Accessibility, the CCA, will celebrate the 27th anniversary of the passage of the Americans with Disabilities Act on July 22nd from 9 a.m. to 12 noon 
at Plaza 1A on the B line next to the farmer's market. They will have all types of fun activities and games. Also, you can earn a cookie. You can earn a cookie. Currently, the following organizations will be joining the Monroe County Coalition on Access and Mobility, the Indiana Institute on Disability and Community, Stone Belt, Life Designs, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, the American Council for the Blind, Down Syndrome's Family Connections, Monroe County Public Library. Support the CCA in, selling, in celebrating this event. Stay tuned for updated and further event details. Check out the CCA website and the Facebook page. And again, we, we have to quickly mention at Indiana Black Expo that the InShape Indiana Black and Minority Health Fair Seniors Night is from 4 to 8 p.m. Uh, it's free, and it's at the Indiana Convention Center, Hall J and K. And then also tons of exhibit exhibitors will be there. Uh, a health uh, fair will be will be conducted. All of the testing, most of the uh, testing is free. Uh, items will be handed out. Medical uh, uh, or or nutritional supplements will be handed out. All free at this year's Indiana Black Expo. Go online and read more at Indiana Black Expo. If you have an event or happening the African-American community should know about, please send the info directly to the Bring It On staff. Or if you want additional information about a calendar item that you've heard tonight, contact us at bringiton at wfhb.org. Our thanks to Joe Crawford, director of the WFHB News and Public Affairs Department. We wish him well as he embarks upon the next chapter in his career. And we extend our heartfelt thanks for his support and guidance to bring it on. Our show's executive producer is Clarence Boone, tonight's co-host, with help from WFHB News Department Director Joe Crawford, who was our wonderful guest. Our news editor is Michael Nolan. Our board engineer team consists of Jim Thrasher and Floyd Hobson. Our original theme music was created by Jamel Effiam with additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I'm Clarence Boone. <laughs> and I'm Cornelius Wright. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next Monday, July 17th at 6 p.m. for another exciting edition of Bring It On right here on your community radio station, WFHB. You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Bring It On is your forum for open dialogue on the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American community in South Central Indiana and beyond. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Bring It On staff. The email address is bringit at wfhb.org. That's bringit at wfhb.org.